said, welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Lusbaum, and my good friend. Never allowed another holiday again, <laughs> ever. South Stand Chum, bearded legend, UK bound for life. The one and only Mr. Paul Lehman. I am here, I am back, slightly bronzed. <laughs> um, welcome everybody, welcome back, good to be back. This is episode number 77 of the Orient Outlook podcast. Oh, blimey, I was only away for about 12 days, but um, in future I'll speak to the wife and make sure it's not over a transfer transfer deadline day window. Um, I honestly didn't think it'd be as dramatic as it actually turned out to be, but as you know, being an Orient fan, it's never a dull moment at this club. Um, and as we've just tweeted, we catch up with the legend, I know it's a word that's sprayed about in uh, sports these days, but the real Orient legend, Dean Cox later in this episode but in the meantime yeah loads to catch up on four matches interview with Dean Cox all the ins and outs of the last two and a half weeks so without further ado we'll come up to the supporters club update so uh, only one trip to tell you about uh, in the next couple of weeks coaches to Hartlepool on Saturday the 22nd of October leave Brisbane Road at 8am £33 for members £30 concessions with a £3 surcharge to non-members. Yeah, and obviously there will be coaches going to sort of the Doncasters and the other. Um, if you're interested in booking in, a, in advance, then you can uh, do that on home games or you can call the travel line. Yeah, and what's the travel line number? It Mr. is. Oh, so I'm glad you asked. I've got it right here. <laughs> 07722 135970. That is obviously a UK mobile number. Um, prices are generally pretty consistent. Obviously... Uh, Barnet away there's obviously not going to be one there and there isn't there is not a coach going to Notts County oh okay there will not be a coach running to Notts County so in case anyone's wondering and that's historically because there's not been that great an uptake on it so they're not running one good to know thank you for that info pleasure like we said it's been a long two and a half weeks it's been action packed um, and so we'll start with the two and a half weeks that were so Thursday 25th of (laughs) August Karsh and Wines back um, to yeah two and a half weeks ago Thursday 25th, ex Lowly from last season, Jack Payne. <coughs> he joined Black, Blackpool on a one-year deal. Uh, and another ex Orient player joining Blackpool. Uh, so as well as Jack Payne, they have Armand Landerley, So Yeah, who scored two goals and missed a penalty in the last well. couple of games. He's doing all right. Yep. So Friday the 26th of August, uh, some fantastic news coming out of the club as they announced a new retro shirt uh, made by a company called Score Draws, available to buy based on the kit worn by the Clapton Orient team of 1916 so obviously it's the anniversary the 100 years yeah, uh, yeah. since the Somme uh, now it's featured uh, with the red chevron design on the front and rear uh, with red cuffs and it also features a special Clapton Orient badge on the left shoulder the shirt costs 40 quid and it's available now in the club shop and on the official website I have to say I tried on the, the medium it's a bit big on oh, me oh did you yeah that I was the style though back in the day yeah but I couldn't get my, he- my big head through the small <laughs> The small would be a better fit for me, but, but I couldn't get my big head couldn't it. get through the hole. Oh, okay. So the mi- but so the medium ones a bit. Too, yeah. It looks like I borrowed my dad's shirt. Oh, okay. basically. They look so good though, don't they? Like they're lovely fantastic design, so. and they're good quality. Yep. So get in there if you can afford it, and they fit you. And if you could get your big head uh, through the shirts, then I definitely buy them. Yeah, buy one yep. that fits you. So then also on the day, uh, the under 18s maintained a hundred percent record as they beat Southend two one, thanks to two goals from Sam Dorby. So again, you know. The young Smashing it. flying Sam Dorby again. You know, we had Errol McKellar on the show 
towards the end of last season he said Sam Dorby is the one to watch and he did say he's it. only 16 at the moment and he's doing the business in an under 18 league so with kids who are 17 to show you, above it? him so very excited about Sam so Saturday the 27th of August that's two weeks ago as we sit here now recording we had Mansfield Town at home the team was uh, what we'll do is we'll cover Mansfield and the previous games from a couple of weeks ago very quickly very yeah, briefly. Yeah, yeah. so, so this will only be a brief the kind of coverage that we would normally give uh Again, because there's so much to go through. Yes, we are trying to keep this under an hour, and as I replied to someone earlier, it will not be two hours. So let's crack on. (laughs) The team for the Mansfield at home game, in case you're interested, was Alex Chisak in goal, Nicky Hunt, Ericot Parks, and Samedo as your defence, Atengana, Kelly, Massey, Cox, and Cornick were your midfield with Ollie Palmer up front. Subs were Sergeant, Kennedy, Weir. McCallum, Bowery, Pollock and Caroma. So a very strong bench. Yeah, strong team as well. So that was one change from the Grimsby Town lineup. Uh, as Ollie Palmer came in and replaced Jordan Bowery uh, as the lone front man. And Paul McCallum returned to the bench. So we kept the 4-2-3-1 that had worked previously well against Stevenage and Grimsby the, the games before. Yeah, and uh, big talking points yeah. were obviously the absence of, of Jay Simpson still, but he's got a back injury. And obviously the return of Ollie Palmer to the starting lineup. Yeah, so, so like we said, we'll cover this really quickly. So 15 minutes gone, we should have really been well up. Great chance for Ollie Palmer. Uh, only seven yards out and he's shot over the bar. Really bad miss and he should have scored with his left foot. And I think Bowery probably would have buried that. Yeah. Jay Simpson probably would have buried Most strikers would have buried that. Nadelay. Yeah, McCallum would have done. <laughs> Nadelay, you can no, say I think probably, done. probably would have. It was a clinical guy. Bad miss and... Big Mrs. Caution. Yep. Uh, 22 minutes on the clock and the penalty was awarded to Mansfield. Very, very harsh decision oh, was, in my yeah. opinion. So it was Ericot, wasn't it? It was an Ericot foul. He was ushering the guy yeah. out and the guy's just tripped over and the ref's given a penalty for it. From what I, and we just watched it before we started recording. I think it was a tangling of legs, but very, very weak penalty. Very going weak away penalty. from goal. You could argue that Ericot could have had a yard back because he was going away. but It's one of those, if you get it, as a supporter, you're, your like, player, yeah, you're like, of course it's a penalty. Down, yeah. But because we do... Because we're the defending yeah. one, yeah. So, um, so Matt Green, who we had apparently bid half a million pounds for that week, stepped up to take it and thankfully uh, blazed over Wild. wildly. A terrible, it was literally. It was one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. Terrible penalty. I don't know whether the South Side got to him or Chizak got to him or whatever, but terrible penalty. So yeah. a bit of a let off there, and then twenty fourth minute, another let off as a. Uh, Parks done well to clear almost off the line, we would say. It was definitely going in the goal, regardless yeah. of whether he was on the line or not, um, to deny Mansfield from opening the score from the corner. So half-time came, and it was nil-nil. Decent first half, I think you said. Um, interestingly, six shots from Orient, none on target. There you go. Uh, yeah, the good. attendance was 3996 with 217 away fans, and the second half kicked off surprisingly with no changes for Orient. Yeah, I guess with this kind of strength up front on the bench, whatever... You know, been interested to see Palmer maybe come off or maybe go four four two, but as it was, it stayed as it was. Fifty nine minutes gone. Chizak was a great save to keep out Pierce's header from the corner. So Chizak making a good save there. And then on sixty two minutes, Orient made substitutions as McCallum and Bowery came on for Palmer and Cornick. Formation changed to a four four two with Cox on the left, Massey on the right, with McCallum and Bowery out front. Quite a balanced. Yeah, shows you kind of how what the different options are on the bench and what uh, Hess can do now. 69th minute, we went one behind uh, as Hurst smashing his effort from close range. Poor goal to concede, one we really should have done better at the back four. And Semedo 
maybe a bit naive, maybe a bit inexperienced as uh, you got beat at the back post there. Yeah, 76 minutes, just seven minutes later. Orient equalised as Liam Kelly got gets his second uh, of the season as he side-footed his effort into the corner following good work from Bowie. Jensen, Brian Jensen had some good banter in that game. Yeah. He was getting a bit of grief from behind was. and he was, he was bantering back. So... Fair play to it, but that's an experienced goalkeeper who knows who's been around a bit. But he had no chance, and, and it was another goal, a decent, yeah. a decent goal for Liam Kelly as well. Good he's, goal. He's not scoring rubbish goals, is he? No, good goal. He's scoring from distance and, and, and good well played shots. Good goal, good build up. And at that point, I thought we'd go on to win that game. I thought there was only one the team who would really go on yeah. this at home. Good run, good crowd behind us. I think you made a point saying that's one of the time wasting quite a bit, especially Heavily. especially Jensen. Oh, it was awful. It's so it's so cringy to watch. I think it's yeah. I think that so horrible to watch. It's not fun. Uh, and then in the 89th minute, uh, Mansfield won it as Matt Green buried his effort past Chizak. It started out as an attack from us uh, with Massey. Uh, ball got won back by Mansfield and they counterattacked and they scored again. Semedo questioned the ball at the back, but again inexperience and uh, his youth kind of let him down a bit and four minutes out of time were played and look, I guess everyone was a bit shell-shocked as we we uh, lost the game 2-1 yeah that's it so Hess said after the game uh, I'm a little bit concerned with the lack of goals from our strikers but it's good we're scoring from other areas we aren't we weren't doing that last year, but we need to keep going, keep working with them, and hopefully the goals will come from the centre forward. So, yeah, he's alluding to the fact that we heavily relied on Jay Simpson last year, and this year we're not. Yeah. Which is, so it's gone the other way, but he'll find he'll have to find a balance. So, Lee Table, we'll cover it briefly, but we'll cover it more towards the end uh, yeah. of the pod. So, that meant, uh, with five games gone, we were 10th in the league on seven points, but we'll come on to the Lee Table much later. Yeah. So, so, your views on the Mets for loss very quickly? Yeah, it's really frustrating. Uh, we lost and we shouldn't have done. Oli Palmer, I don't think, should be starting up front on his own. I love his work, great, love his effort, but he isn't the answer, really, to our lack of goals uh, from from our strikers. Uh, Kelly, Atangan and Cornick, I thought were decent. Uh, Cox was better when he moved to the left wing in the second half. Um, obviously, Wish Bichetti would stop interfering with the team um, because that's the... Uh, information that we've <laughs> we've had um, and I, I thought the ref was a bit poor at times as well a bit inconsistent yeah my views uh, I thought the, I thought the lineup was strong enough to win that game uh, and how many times you know have we said it on the podcast before Oli Palmer seems to be better as an impact sub rather than start the match he's good to bring on with about 20 minutes left to 25 minutes left seems to be able to bully defenders more towards the end of a match rather than the start but like we've said if you don't take your chances and if you don't defend well you lose matches, yeah, which is it. what happened. So your views, loads came in because it was two weeks ago now. We're not going to kind of go through any, but the main points we got after the match uh, consisted of four real areas. So Jay Simpson, lots of you don't didn't believe Jay is really injured, still don't believe Jay is injured, although you know the official line is he's got a back injury. Yeah, which is why he's been out for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. loads of tweets about Palmer, with especially that miss, costing us goals again. Semedo got came in for a lot of criticism actually. He's uh previously a lot of plaudits for him and a lot of praise, but this time a lot of people I think what you need to understand with him is that he's still learning and he's being played in a position that he's not yeah. been learned he's not learned. Yeah. He's a left winger, not a left back. Oh, mate. Yeah. So I think that people need to go easy when someone's filling in. But now we've got we seem to be playing with Kennedy, as we'll come on to later, yeah. so we'll yeah. see. And then lastly, uh, a few tweets criticising the formation and the lineup, saying that was wrong for the match. But I thought, you know, I thought it was the right lineup of formation. Came coming off the back of two wins with the four-two-three-one three, formation. Yeah. Had he changed it and gone four-four-two, 
I feel we would have been criticised even more. So maybe I'm fair tweets there, but thanks again for all the tweets. We'll read out more towards the end of the uh, yeah. end of the podcast. And also came out on that evening that uh, Leighton Orient had agreed a fee with Barnet for the transfer of Luke Gambin in excess of a hundred thousand pounds. That was a bit of a bit of a trying sh- to cash around. Matt Green for half a million one week. Yeah. Luke Gambin a uh, hundred thousand pound. Uh, you know, a few days later, but yeah. Um, on the 28th of August, Sunday the 28th of August, the ladies team beat Watford ladies development team 7-0. Yes, you heard that right, 7-0. <laughs> a hat-trick from Sophie Lemarchand, two from Hayley B, and one each from Bell and Ripple and Naomi Sterling. Um, Bell and Ripple also got four assists, so absolutely outstanding. Well done, ladies, and maybe we could borrow Bellin and Sophie to start <laughs> up front for us. I saw some of those goals, because they're now putting all the uh, women's goals on YouTube. Some of them were outrageous. Some of the finishes were like really good. But yeah, well done to the women's team. And, and Chris, for, who's the manager of that team, yeah. well done, mate. Yeah, we hope we'll to get you on to Chris soon. very yeah. soon. So Monday 29th of August, uh, a very busy Monday. Uh, started with Loft issuing a statement confirming they've been notified by the council that they have received a notice of Matchroom's intention to sell Brisbane Road and that Loft do find it surprising that Francesco Bichetti has apparently let his two-year option to buy the ground lapse Loft are currently looking at possible options and we'll call a general meeting to discuss this with members once they've had a chance to progress this issue further. So as it stands, there's been nothing, as far as I know, out from Loft since this date about the ground. But obviously, when we hear anything, we will put it out. As soon as they announce, we will as well. Um, The club also confirmed the signing of a centre-back, a new centre-back for the team. Teddy Mezegu on a free transfer subject to international clearance. 26-year-old signed a three-year deal with the club, having left Belgian Jupiler Pro League side Royal Excel Mouscron. I'm sure I've got some pronunciations wrong. No, there, I think so. you've nailed it. You nailed it, son. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, th- the the issue that we currently have is though he's out injured following surgery on his Achilles tendon in May, and he isn't expected to play until 2017. Wow. So, bit of an unusual one. I think that got a lot of people riled because why are we signing? Why are we signing players who are injured? Yeah, it um, did seem a bit of a strange one. We got um, lots of tweets and we'll come to a few choice ones later. But Teddy said, the club has big ambitions and wants to achieve promotion this season and I hope I'll be able to help them achieve this. I like the style and atmosphere of English football and when the club contacted me about the possibility of coming here, I accepted straight away. I'm very happy to have signed for Orient. The level of competition in England is very different to what I've played in before and, as I've said, it is a dream for me to be here. So I think you've just mentioned it, but... Yeah, so odd to, yeah, my views are so odd to sign a player who's currently injured. Not sure the Premier Clubs do it, let alone a League Two side. But, you know, I really want to know who's making these sorts of decisions. You know, maybe he's come from the same agent. Maybe we've got a relationship with the agent that brought Ericot in. Um, yeah, good point. I don't know. I guess Australia, I think he's 26. I think he's only played 76 games. I might be wrong. I think it's only in his career. Not a lot. Which tells you that he could be a bit injury prone or maybe a bit... But I don't know. Guy, yeah, you're, if you're right, then we're uh, giving the guy a three-year contract. But like, I think, like you said, Stagman signed him when he's injured because he must have had some kind of medical check other than that. Because well, you, you can't you, run. Well, you don't sign players without a medical. Or or you don't normally. No, you don't ever. Well, as far as I know. We must get him to go down to the hospital to have a quick scan, don't yeah. you? But a bit strange. Sure. I did that at the time. It's a bit strange that we wouldn't sign Gabby. And the main reason for not wanting to sign Gabby is that he wouldn't have been available for a month in January because he... I don't know what country he represents, but he plays for one. Democratic Republic of Congo. They are at the African Cup for a month in January. And that seems to be the biggest issue Bichette had with signing him, and that was what Gabby 
was told, I think, what he kind of relayed to us. That's what he said to us, yeah. Um, so it's very strange that we wouldn't sign Gabby. We knew he was out for a month, but we've signed this defender who's out for, for the next months. three. Mm. Uh, and out, yeah, so strange. Looks a good sign on paper. He's got good stats in Championship Manager, someone tweeted, <laughs> so I'll go with that. Um, but time will tell on this one. It's it, you know I don't think any of us who listen to this pod or make the pod have ever seen him play, and I doubt many fans would, <laughs> would have heard heard of him before. So can't really say loads of views on it. Um, yeah, there were a lot, of views. but so th- thank thank you genuinely thank you to everybody who did get in touch with us. The majority of the tweets were about the fact that obviously Teddy's currently injured, and obviously the fact that it's a bit strange that we've given him a three year contract a couple that we did pick up on in particular Sam Cast 9 said it's madness we need a defender now so we sign one who can't play for six months and takes wages we could use to sign another yeah good point uh, Timmy Patton said signing someone who can't play until 2017 what is going on no doubt we're paying him yet we want Simpson off the books great allegedly. point allegedly Allegedly. Well, allegedly, but great point there from Timmy Patton. At Ollie Pierce 18 said, because he's foreign, everyone assumes Bacchetti signed him. He played at a good level in his career. Give him a chance. Yeah, good yeah, point. Again, you know, yeah. absolutely. And lastly, at Marquio's 1106 said, before his ACL injury, Mezegu? Mezegu. Mezegu, okay. It was valued at 1.5 million. Of course, it's a risk, but it could also be a shrewd move to sign him now. So, both ends of the uh, spectrum there with the tweets, and that's the best thing about reading these tweets. You know, people for signing against signing. It's balanced. It's balanced. It's all about balance. So, Absolutely. additionally, around the same time on Monday morning, Barnett released a statement saying Luke Gambin has rejected an opportunity to join Leighton Orient after Barnett FC had agreed a fee of over a hundred thousand pounds for the player. Barnett had hoped that Luke would sign a new contract this summer, but made him available for transfer once it became apparent that he would not do so. Offers have come in from a number of clubs in League Two, but Gam- but Luke Gambin made it clear that he wants to move to a club playing at a higher level. I guess he move? no, yeah. he's still at the club still, but he becomes available to Bosman uh, next January. summer, so he can leave oh, in effect free. Okay. But um, I never heard of him, if I'm honest. So for me, no, it's not, not really a big loss. So at the time, obviously, we had Dean Cox on the left wing, so I was kind of fired with not signing him. Again, we'll see all that. So moving on to Tuesday, the 30th of August. So we're going to cover this match really, really this quickly. This is a paragraph. This is lovely. This is nothing. So this is Stevenage at home in the EFL Trophy. So the lineup uh, was Sergeant Hunt, Pollock, Parks and Kennedy at the back with Cornick, Ware, Atangana and Semedo in midfield. Uh, and Bowery, McCallum up front. Subs with Chizak, Kelly, Moncur, Alzate, Karoma, Dolby making his debut on the bench or making his squad debut and Palmer. Where's Charlie Granger? Don't know. Good point. Charlie, are you alive? <laughs> Wait, no, point. honestly, he's no. not gone out on loan unless we've missed it. As far as we know, he's not out on loan, so good point. If anyone knows where Charlie Granger is, please let us know. We're concerned for his There's safety. There's no prize for the right answer or anything, but yeah, no, it's just, yeah, it's just a bit strange. So, um, a bit bit of an overview of the game after Dean Wells got sent off in the 12th minute for an elbow on Paul McCallum uh, the O's win the game 3-1 McCallum grabbing a brace and Sandro Semedo opened his goal account for the club Semedo's goal was mustard very very good goal. to be fair McCallum's finishes were good but Semedo a great goal really happy for Semedo to get that goal yeah really good Absolutely. Other points to note from that game. Stevenage's goal came from a sergeant error, which is to be expected. It's yep. fine. Harry Cornick was supposed to have been superb again. Obviously, neither of us were there. It's great to see Sam Dolby get on for 15 minutes. The attendance was 876, 
with 47 away fans, which was the fifth lowest attendance of that evening's EFL matches. Yeah, so it was really strange. Obviously, he was away, but there was very little going on about it on social media, very little interest, and we didn't obviously report on it. We tweeted about the lineup, uh, and that was it. So we'll, we will report on EFL games, but not in any great detail, which moves us on to Wednesday, the 31st of August. So transfer deadline day. So after a quiet morning, things started happening at 4.30pm when George Sessions was the first to tweet that the club may let Dean Cox leave for Northampton Town if the price is right. Then at 5pm, the club announced that Scott Cashkit has left the club with immediate effect and then Scott announces that he signed a short-term deal with Wickham. So Cashkit, I don't think we ever got to see the best from Scott at all. He kind of was around the subs bench early last season. Scored what's gone wrong there. Scored an equaliser the last one against Oxford, and we kind of thought his career would kick off under Hendon, but never happened. He came from a Spanish club, Hercules, I think it was, and he played in Israel as well. He was quite a hot prospect, yeah. And it was quite a coup at the. I remember specifically, it was quite a coup at the time to get him because he was such a highly rated prospect, and he's come through, he's joined the academy, come in there, and now all of a sudden the guy just disappears off the radar, and then he turns up at Wickham. Well, he done very well in the uh, academy. Yeah, I, I guess you know. I guess the one thing about him is I don't think he was ever built. He's quite a small lad. Um, yeah, but nor is Jamie Curiton. Yeah, I guess. I guess when you look at Jay Simpson, he's not a particularly well built lad either. He's a little bit tall. But be interesting to see how he does at Wickham. He's not got on the pitch yet. He's been on the bench for their last two games, so he's 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 making the bench, but he's not actually played any any football. But football, okay. we're wishing the best. If anyone knows yeah. Scott and who listens to the podcast, we'd love to speak to him. Um, so Scott if you do listen love to speak to you yeah we'll be sure yeah good luck to you um, so at 7 o'clock Northampton Town sent, uh, put a tweet out saying they're making a signing announcement at half past 7 this was amazing so obviously <laughs> everyone knew Dee was talking to Northampton must right? be on tenterhooks and then Northampton Town tweeted about 6.57 that they had their big signing announcement at half 7 and <laughs> everyone on Twitter was like oh my god this is it <laughs> Dee's leaving even me normally I don't when I know a player's leaving, I'm normally okay with it because sometimes we find out before it happens and I'm okay. But i got to admit, when I saw the tweet come through from Northampton at half past seven, even my heart was beating and I was like, please <laughs> don't let this be Dean in the Northampton show. I'm not sure how I'm going to respond and to I it. was blissfully unaware that any of this was going on. <laughs> yeah, as you were selling yourself up no, on the phone. I had no idea because I had no Wi-Fi at this time. Oh, so, dude. everybody waits with bated breath. It must have been an utter tenderhook. Honestly, honestly, it was. It really was. <laughs> and I can just imagine everyone sitting there refreshing their Twitter every two seconds. Like, Has it happened yet? Has it happened yet? Um, obviously, everyone petrified of the potential that it was going to be Dean Cox moving. But actually, Northampton signed a chap called Paul Anderson. Paul Anderson. They was like, who's like Paul Anderson? Biggest come down of your life. <laughs> The biggest come down, but the biggest stress relief ever oh, because it, was. it wasn't Dean Cox. It was. So, 8 o'clock, James Nursery. Is that his real name? James Nursery, yeah. Oh, James Nurse. Oh, sorry, James Nursery, sorry. Uh, a Daily Mirror journalist tweet the club have rejected bids from Bolton and Southend for Jay Simpson. Yeah. And Very just, interesting. Yeah, and just before 9pm, uh, the club announced the signing of France under 20 forward Auric Nomo from Chateau. Subject to international clearance on a one-year deal with an option of a further year. So he can play on either wing or up front. So it seems like he's a, of a pretty good pedigree, quite flexible where he can play. Yeah. Uh, and he said, I'm very happy to be joining the club. It has also been a dream of mine to come and play football in England and I cannot wait to get started. I feel my best attribute is my pace and I hope to contribute to a number of goals 
Alice's in what I hope will be a successful season. So very good to see Auric at the club. And I'm looking forward to watching Auric play, actually. He looks quite exciting. So that was Auric. And Lynn, just five minutes before the transfer window closed at 10.55, it was announced that Sean Clahessy has had his contract with the club terminated. Uh, so obviously we wish Sean all the best for the future. A lot of criticism came in from Sean at various points last season um, about his crossing. Uh, you know, but I, I actually felt quite sorry for him. I felt at the Starman Awards when I when we met him, he clearly explained he didn't feel comfortable playing in midfield and wanted to play in defence as he's a right back. Um, so obviously we wish Sean all the best and he has left the club. Yeah, he has. Um, not sure that we necessarily got to see the best of it. People complained about his crossing and whatnot, but you know, um, generally he 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 does give you a good outlet on that right wing when 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 you are attacking. So, you know, that that's that is football. It's just how it works sometimes. And, and good luck to him for for the future. Thanks yeah. for for your efforts. I thought he started last season very well. You know, under Hendon, he, he seemed to be on fire. You know, bombing up and down that right wing. Yeah. Um, it just didn't work out for him, but he's still about another club. So that's that. So that for transfer it. deadline day, yeah, Cash getting Hesse out and, and Momo in on transfer deadline day. So first of first of September, we started that day with doing that, described Dean Cox in five words because we were so relieved he had stayed. But little did we know behind the scenes what was going on. What was going on? So, so at three o'clock on Thursday, the first of September, we start to receive messages that Dean Cox has had his contract terminated and he's left the club. So we tweet to break that news. So what? So go on. You, obviously, you, you, you manage that. You say it. Obviously, the podcast is privy to what sometimes, sometimes to what's happening behind the scenes at the football club. Not, so we not first, always, but sometimes. no, not always. But through li- our listeners and through our sources, now we seem to get. If anything happens, we seem to get messages, which is great. We got first message about three o'clock saying Cox has been released. And you're like going, nah, surely not. And then about five minutes after that, another one came in saying exactly the same thing. So I'm denying about whether to tweet about it. Um, and then we just went with it because, you know, the source is both reliable. And so we did. And then after a long wait and tons and tons of tweets and loads of stuff on Facebook as well and Instagram. So thank you for everything that we got. I was saying to Paul, it was huge that day. I just want to say that if you don't know us by now, we're not just here to tweet any old nonsense that we get. And we had one or two tweets of people calling us out, and we're not we're not in it for the kudos of of we're you know doing you know the big egos. That's not what we do this for. So anything we do put out has been carefully vetted before we actually <laughs> yeah. do it because we've built a reputation of bringing news that you wouldn't necessarily ordinarily hear about first first off so we don't just tweet any old nonsense so just want to reassure everybody that when we do yeah. put something out it's to the best of our knowledge and I think we've got 100% record so far yeah we have so we, our of, best one we were saying before was probably Atangana because that was so left field where that came from and obviously Nolan and Nolan Nolan yeah. in and Nolan out, out which is ridiculous <laughs> yeah um, so a crazy couple of hours loads of tweets loads of things going on Dean was silent on Twitter that was making even more people nervy because normally he's all over it um, and then at 8.15 the club unfortunately announced that the news that Dean Cox had left the club in the following ridiculously short statement which simply just said the club and Dean Cox have mutually agreed to terminate Dean's contract we would like to thank Dean for his service to the club and we wish him all the best in the future 
and that was it. I feel sorry for, for Charlie and Colin. Of seven years. So this is no slight on Charlie or Colin. No, whatsoever, because this clearly hasn't come from them. From them, no. What a terrible statement for a player who's league seven stat. Seven years. Well, these are league stats. So this is it's for my stats. It's just league stats. Played 227, 45 goals. 72 assists in 227 league games. So he's been involved in 117 of our goals. In 227 games? Yeah. Staggering, isn't it? Yeah. That's silence. like every other game he's, he's either assisting or scoring. Silence. So we have previously, if you listen to the podcast, you probably know we've already interviewed Dean uh, last Two year. Two or three times. Yeah, or like we've done a big interview with him. So Christmas. if you haven't listened to our big interviews with him, we're, there's part one and part two available on iTunes and SoundCloud. But we caught up with Dean just before we started recording and we just wanted to get Dean's points across and to get a message out from Dean uh, to the fans and just a bit more detail about what actually happened with Dean. So here is, this was recorded earlier this evening, it's a 15-minute interview. And yes, it's a 15-minute interview. What you might have heard on the BBC is only three and a half minutes, so we've got yeah. a much longer, more fuller conversation with him and he comes up with some real interesting bits and pieces that you won't get from the BBC and what we want to do now is we'll get this interview out but we do plan to do something a lot more substantial with Dean uh, around New Year time once he is signed to his New England League club but here it is this earlier season this is Dean Cox so Dean you just returned to the team at the start of the season after a long injury so how did you feel you were playing and how did you feel the season was going um, yeah, no, I felt good. Obviously, I didn't. Uh, I was on the bench at Cheltenham. Um, obviously, it's a long old time, nine months. But uh, no, I, I, after that, felt I've got into to the groove of it. Got a few assists and obviously a rare-headed goal. <laughs> um, <laughs> Salmon goal. Yeah, and obviously, I was enjoying it. I was just in, for me, it was just enjoying being back, really. Thankful that... You know, my knee had, had healed well, and obviously the, the, the staff, the physios, obviously Pete and, and, and Craig at, at the time, fitness coach, uh, Neil Barron, the masseuse, and, and everyone behind the scenes had, had got me ready. And uh, it was just about getting out there and, and testing it, really, and, and, and it was going well. Obviously, like I said, scored a, scored a red-headed goal, and you know, the knee was feeling good, and we got a good few results. There was a lot of talk, oh, I'll say there's a lot, that was probably a bit of an exaggeration about fitness and weight and all that sort of stuff. Was was there a problem coming back? Obviously, West Yeah, West no, absolutely, so yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I saw that the, the, the chairman mentioned about my weight. Yeah, no, I was slightly overweight. Um, like I said, for, for, for the first sort of two months of the, the injury, you can't really do a lot at all. And I think, obviously, that was when I probably most gained weight. Um, the latter start uh, of the the sort of process of the injury was I was able to run and uh, it took me uh, maybe an extra couple of weeks to, to, to shift that. I think maybe if I played a few more minutes during pre-season that probably could have helped but obviously we had a big squad so the, you know, the manager had to, to get the minutes around but um, if I had a few more minutes I think after I played uh, Dagenham and then Gillingham, I played over 70 minutes in both. And uh, after that, I was, I was at the weight that I needed to be at. So come the first game of the season, I, I was where I should be. But um, like I said, maybe if I had a few more minutes um, pre-season, maybe maybe would have been there a bit earlier. But I got there in the end. And, uh, no, obviously what the uh, the chairman did say at the... Uh, 
when he met the fans was, was, was absolutely correct. Okay, fair enough. So the season was going well. You obviously let like a salmon and got the uh, the goal home to Stephen, which was a great moment. Being the first goal in the South stand, and um, then suddenly transfer deadline day appears, and Northampton Town coming for you. Yeah, I found out about that on Tuesday morning, the day the day of the game at Stevenage with the JPT. Um, my agent phoned me up and said they were interested. I said absolutely no chance straight away. Why? Uh, uh, just well, because I was happy where I was. I was, you know, I've just come back from injury. I scored a goal the week before. Yeah. And there was no thoughts in my mind that I wanted to move. Fair enough. So I just said no. Um, agents being what they are and, and Northampton pushing it obviously discussions come later on in the afternoon but I didn't hear anything before the game turned up the game my shirt wasn't up on the on the wall um, I spoke with Andy said obviously the interest uh, not sure it's best to you involved I said okay uh, I said well I'm not going so completely up to you then I was asked to speak to the chairman we had a discussion uh, he gave me my blessing to go to um, to Northampton if I wanted. Um, so did you actually go up to Northampton, or did is it the, no, 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 no? This was just all in um, in discussions on the phone with my agent. Uh, but the, the chairman said, he, you know, if you've been a good servant. We, we give you permission to go, and you can go on a free. Um, I said okay, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be going. Um, so that was that really Blimey, okay Well done So obviously uh, Since then um, That kind of all, all came out I mean did, did you Were you told by Andy Like Hesson told him That you weren't going to be part of his plans Did go forward I was um, Not in so many words They're very clever in the way they word it uh, they told me they were bringing in a new winger um, so they said that and then uh, basically took the hint is what, I meant, what I'm trying to say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, because we, we know for, for anyone for, for anyone that does listen to this, we know that you've signed um, a, a legally binding document that means there are certain things that you can't talk about, unfortunately. Absolutely, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So that's why we know you can't go into as much uh, information. So the situation with Northampton, in your mind, was pretty much resolved in a sense that it was thanks for your interest, it's flattering, but no thank you. And then obviously you have the conversation with the management um, of, of the club uh, and they say look thanks very much but you know we, we, we're going to agree to part ways here but but effectively you're now in a position where you can't play for another club above the conference because you were released past the transfer deadline day point which was 11pm so everything got sorted out quite late um, which is why you're in the situation you're in so I suppose the question I've uh, that, that, that I've got is it really was there no sort of point of return for you in a sense that well hold on a minute we're talking about 10 o'clock at night here or 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock whatever the time was what am I, how am I going to find another club to sign for now I've already turned down a club yeah yeah obviously that's the predicament is was in um Obviously, conversation we had, I knew that, that playing-wise, I'd probably be surplus to requirements, uh, and that uh, maybe 
you know, I could be isolated training wise. So it, it, it was a, a predicament where I, I took the option of of, of going um, because I was in such a predicament. The other end by staying. Um, it's not a good place to be in at the minute, but uh, I mean that's just the way it, it panned out in the end. Uh, not not you know not much more I can add to that than okay. obviously I'm, I'm I'm bitterly disappointed that. Uh, with a service I gave to the football club that um, we couldn't get that arrangement sorted by the 11 o'clock deadline. So, like I said before, that so I could, could go and do my job, basically. You know, I want to go and play football um, and in the football league, which, which I'm not able to do. So, obviously, like you said, you spent a long time at the club, seven years, and obviously it's not ended kind of the way anyone would have liked it um, to have ended. And I guess you've kind of just mentioned that. Um, but obviously, you know, a player of your calibre got a lot of attention uh, since leaving the club. Various clubs came in, but you've since signed Crawley? Yeah, I've spoken, yeah, I've had a few, a few interested. I've uh, sat down and, uh, and met Crawley, uh, met Dermot, uh, met their owners. Um, listen to to what they had to say, and I was impressed. Obviously, the location for me is great. Uh, um, it's a football club that's local to me. Yeah, I played to play for Brian, obviously, and um, it's always something that I've had in the back of my mind to be able to have said that I've played for both Mid Sussex clubs where I've lived. So uh, on that side, it was very very appealing. Uh, um, he likes to pass the ball as as, as a team. The manager, which obviously, obviously will suit my suit my game. Uh, it's got a bit of a Jimmy Smith. bit of a family value because my mum and mum's from mum's from Crawley uh, originally. My my, my great grandmother sadly passed. Uh, was a massive Crawley fan, so it has a bit of a, a sentimental fact to it as well, really. Um, along with it being local and, and along with the football side that they, they like to play passing football and I feel like I can get games and, and try and do well for them and, and obviously sort certain work off the pitch for the community that I live in. Yeah, absolutely. Well answered. In hindsight then, Dean, do, do you think that if, if you could turn back time that you would have signed for Southampton knowing what you know now? Sorry, Northampton, I beg you. I wish, no, so I wish for you Southampton, but, 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 but well, Northampton. Well, if it's Southampton, I don't think we'd be speaking, lad. Yeah, I retract that. Do, do you, you know, with knowing what you know now, I mean, hindsight's obviously a fantastic thing, but... I, of I mean, course, yeah. Yeah, would, would, would that have been a more welcoming option for you, knowing what you know now, then? Uh, uh, perhaps not. No, I, I, I've always lived and died by, by my decisions. Uh, had plenty of chances to lose later on. Peterborough in the Championship when I first signed. MK Dons, uh, Peterborough for the second and third time that I turned down. Um, with me, I go with gut, gut instinct and... Uh, as soon as I got the call, I said no, and, and, and I, you know, I understand that people may think, obviously, they're in a the high league, and, you know, you might be able to earn a bit more money, and, but for me, it's, um, I like to feel, I like to feel the whole place, if you know what I mean, it's not just uh, the football, you know, I like to know that I'm going to be happy, 
Um, obviously, when I first signed for him, it was because I knew Russell and I trusted Russell because I'd worked with him before. Um, with, with, with speaking to Crawley was, like I said, it's the, the sentimental value, the, it's local, it's something I can look after football, maybe help in the community. Um, and obviously, I've gone. I've, if I do sign, which we're very close, it's, it, I'm at a good age where I can actually go there and, and, and perform at, at a good standing. Um, and I'm, you know, if that, if that can come off, which I hope it does, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to the next chapter and, and trying to do my best for them. Absolutely. So, Crawley uh, League Two uh, with uh, Leighton, and obviously, being it so early in the season, we are. Uh, Entertain Crawley in late March. I mean, that's going to be a pretty emotional day coming back to play Brisbane Road against the O's. I think we play on Boxing Day. Oh. So if you, I think we do. So I won't be eligible to play. Um, I think in March we play you at, at Crawley, which oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to play it. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, it's going to be. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Spot on. Yeah, it's going to be. Was that the first thing you did? It's going to be very strange. Did you look at the pictures? First thing to see when Crawley would be playing or in then? Absolutely, Lutley. Yeah, absolutely. It's a day that probably I didn't expect to come. To be honest, if I, you know, you know, I'm like modest as they come, but um, yeah, it'd be a be a very strange day to be honest. If I sign and and that's the way it pans out, it's. yeah, I mean, that's the only way I can sort of put it. I'm not too sure how I'm going to feel until, until I probably, we get to the day and, and I've, you know, lived in, and then gone through it. I'd probably be best to give you an interview probably after the game. But um, yeah. Happy it, will be, it will be very strange, obviously. Um, you know, well, yeah, I, I can't imagine standing next to, to Lane or in the tunnel. would just be absolutely mad. I just, yeah, words can't describe how strange it will feel. Would would um, oh, that's a good question. Then, and it's just completely gone out of my head. So we'll move on. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. So you've also been quiet to say one day you'd like to manage the club. Uh, fancy that? Let's come back one day. Yeah. No, absolutely. If I can come back in any sort of capacity, that that would be great. Uh, I'd like to be a manager. Whether or not that comes to fruition, then uh, you know that's to be seen. But um, as a coach, as anything, you know, it, it, it's a club that. I'll always care for and want to do well and if I can at any capacity help the help the football club then um, I'm all ears, you know, I will come back and, and do anything. Um, if I can help the football club uh, progress. Okay, then to finish it off then I'm sure there's lots of, that you know you'd want to say probably can't, there's lots we'd love to ask you that we probably can't as well. So what what's your farewell message for the time being to, to the Orient fans? Yeah, farewell message. The message I, I never thought I'd have to do. Um, yeah. It's, um, I think it's just a big thank you, really. Um, ever since I signed, it was um, a move for me that was not only a football club, but moving out of home. It was, it was a big step for me, and, and to be able to be accepted for one, and and to have the affection that I got was was something that really helped me. Probably helped me turn from a boy into a man, if I'm honest. I was able to to sort of flourish on a football pitch where, you know, I was surplus to requirements that 
at Brighton and it, you know, it was a scary time for me to, to move football clubs, move home and, and to come in and, and, and get the sort of love that I did from them was, was second to none and uh, I really do think that that sort of support really helped me kick on with my career and, and have some, you know, I had some fantastic years, you know, the assists and goals ratio that I've picked up along my time at Orient's probably won't be matched again for myself it, you know it's, it, it's, a, it's a record that I'm really proud of and a, and, a, and a special football club that I'm really thankful that I had so many years with and uh, played with some great players played with some great managers um, and you know the fans just topped it off really you know every week you know they're shouting out Dido 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 and it's it, it's little things but big things for me really um, you know when you feel loved you, you play better football and like I said they were great with me and, and that's probably why I, I had such uh, good success on the football pitch and able to, to contribute with so many different teams with so many different managers and to still stay in the team really um and I can't thank the football club enough, obviously Russell for bringing me in, Barry Irvin for his contracts, um, you know, and obviously everyone that's managed there and and, and passed and gone, it's, it's, it's a special football club that will always stay with me. Dean Cox, thank you very much, buddy. Thank you, mate. Cheers, mate. So that was Dean Cox just up before we started recording, so a massive thank you for, to Dean agreed to do that um, we had so many tweets come in about Dean uh, when this happened that we will do a whole episode about Dean later on in at this some year, point at some yeah. point past Christmas time because if we were to read even a selection of Dean tweets we wouldn't even know where to start because the amount we were getting was so good and they were all emotional and they were all great so we will do so later I've never been bothered particularly when players sort of come and go with the exception of one or two but actually listening to him talk and you can hear how gutted he is there I'm actually genuinely disappointed, genuinely upset that I'm never, ever, ever going to see Dean Cox in a Leighton Orient shirt taking a Dagenham free kick or yeah. a header that he did. You know, that it's a rarity anyway, yeah. but genuinely upset that we've lost such a high-caliber player, and that is down to the management of the club. And well, that, I mean, there's so many. There's so many. Mo- Again, I don't want to make this too Dean focused because we got so much to get through. But there's so many quality Dean moments that you know you could pick just top of your head. You know, dear. Dagging them a free kick, the night at Peterborough, the Jelly oh, the, yeah. the Walsall lob. Yeah. Just tons of them. So you know, it's just it's just gutting, really. Such a fan's favourite, always interacts with the fans on Twitter, approachable, loves the club, and just a shame a shame he's gone. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So you're yeah, you're so, really well, Yeah, really quickly, just around I was in Athens on this day, um, and managed to get some Wi Fi and I genuinely couldn't believe what I was reading. I thought it was a really bizarre situation where a player who had the chance to join at least sort of one club in a high division doesn't, and that's his prerogative, as he's explained, but he ends up at the end of it being unable to play for a club that's that's higher than the conference and you know why couldn't everything be done in time so Dean could, could find another club? Um, it's strange why the club have, have kind of put him in that position, really. Um, it's strange how he's being pushed out. Um, you know, he said that in the, in the other interview, BBC London, that he was being pushed out. Such a great sh- servant of the club, in my opinion, should, should have been treated a darn sight better than he has done. And, and it's really unforgivable how he's been treated, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's a strange one. You know, hard to believe. To do that to any player, any club's probably bad enough, but to do it to your longest serving player, the one who the fans look up to the most and interacts with the fans, 
I Dean scared of this really. You know, if there's one player who United the fans, it was Dean and who got the club and understood the history and has been there and has done it. But Dean, his record, as we've already touched upon, stands for itself. And you know, this is the biggest, I'd say, surprise Machete has has pulled it out out of his reign. And you know, there's been a few at 29. Dean still has lots to offer, especially yeah. in Lee Two. What are the odds? It you know, boxing that well, not boxing day because we don't play them. But when we go to Crawley and play them in March, that they get a free kick 25 yards out and the tiny man beds one into the top corner. So gutting for all parties really. Again, if we if we go into great detail about Dean, we'll be here all night. So um, we won't go into any more detail. But there will be a, a special Dean podcast at some point in late 2016, Maybe. early yeah. 2017. So. Again, thanks for all this week's we got and um bit of a gut on that, wasn't yeah. it? We're gonna try and be a bit more optimistic moving on to Friday. Bit more upbeat. So September. Life goes on. Yeah. Um the under eighteens were at it again. They beat Peterborough two one. Goals from Tristan Abrahams and Sam Dorby, that, that lad again. Yeah, I was gonna say Sam Dorby again. Yep. So we ran some of our Twitter polls uh for August. So we ran a goal of the month and a player of the month. So goal of the month, um, maybe due to the timing or maybe due to it just being a fantastic fish-like salmon-like header and it beat Jamie Jones and it beat Jamie Jones which is very satisfying and when it w- went in off one post and then it almost hit the other <laughs> uh, it went to Dean Cox his header for his, versus Stevenage with 68% of the vote yeah um, so well done to Dean and, uh, and that was his last goal he scored for that him. is that is his last real contribution yeah. really um, player of the month the closest vote really we've ever had between the top three um, uh, options as it were so in third place went to Gavin Massey on 27% then in second place was Nigel Atangana on 31% and I think it was I think it was just one vote that well, changed it that and changed by it, yeah. 1% the winner in first place with 32% of the vote was young Bournemouth loney Harry Cornick well done Harry that so well done and thank you to everybody who voted. It does mean a lot because it is fan. Yeah, it is fan. We don't vote in the, oh, I don't vote in it. I do. You do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Only half of us vote yeah. in it. But, you know, um, it is it is a genuine... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Genuine so, poll. Saturday 3rd of September started with uh, congrats to Licky Hunt who celebrated his 33rd birthday. I've got to say, Licky Hunt looks a bit older than 30. <laughs> <laughs> he does. I'll give you that one, Licky. Um, but that's, that's his football age. So... <laughs> Moving away, moving on to the team lineup. Morecambe away was Chizak in goal. Uh, back four of Hunt, birthday boy Nicky Hunt. Yeah, Erico Park, thirty-three Kennedy, old Nicky thirty-three Hunt. on Nicky Hunt. Um, midfield of Messi, Weir, Kelly, and Cornick, and then up front McCallum and Barry. So sub Sam Sargent, um, Palmer, Nonomo making his bench, making his squad debut on the bench. Semedo, Pollock, Karoma, and also on the bench for the first time, Miles Judd. Yep, there are four changes to the team that started against Stevenage. Chisak, Erico, Kelly and Massey come back into the team. Sam Sargent, Aaron Pollock, Sandra Semedo uh, take a seat on the bench. Nigel Atangana unfortunately missed out completely with a tight groin. Yeah, so thoughts on that. For me, back to 4-4-2 uh, and no surprise in the lineup. So to me, that's, you know, that still looked like a strong team. You've got to think that Cox isn't in that team well because he's gone. Simpson not in that team, we've gone. Atangana not in that team because he's injured, but still very strong. The only thing that I... Um, Made a point of what Sammy Moore? Can we not recall Sammy Moore? I back don't think you can. No, I think he signed yeah. there till till January. Strange one. And again, for me, Alan Dunn. Where are you, mate? You didn't go on transfer deadline day. You're still not in the squad. What are we doing with Alan Dunn? Nothing. It, <laughs> but what we're doing with Alan Dunn is precisely yeah. nothing. 
Crazy. He's not got a squad number, so he can't. Crazy. He's not registered to play for the team. Crazy. And there were players with squad numbers who have been released, like, like just a crazy yeah. one. So the match yeah. kicked off uh, and 4 4 2, so a change up from 4 2 3 1 after the Mertzfield defeat. Back to 4 4 2 with Messi on the left and Cornick on the right. Yeah, and then we got off to a decent start actually. Morecambe, uh, unfortunately, though, Morecambe always took the lead in the 19th minute. T- Stockton played in Kevin Ellison. Oh, I can't stand Kevin Ellison. He's such a goader, he really is. He went past Erico, his shot, but uh, his shot was saved um, before Hunt could clear. Uh, sorry, he shot, Chisak saved it, Hunt cleared it. Yep, and in the 28th minute, we took the lead uh, as Liam Kelly controlled the ball uh, just outside the box and curled it into the corner. Uh, so that's three and three for Liam Kelly. Yeah, good, good goal. The keeper should have done better, I think. I think the decent. Well, I think the keeper will look at that and think that he should have done better, but. Yeah. Shows you the confidence Liam Kelly has, gets it, looks up, Quality. strikes the ball, and a good goal there from uh, Liam Kelly. So well done for your three and three. Absolutely. Um, Georgie at Georgie Orient said, of the eight league goals scored by Leighton Orient, seven have come from midfielders, which have Massey and Kelly have got three. Uh, Cox has got one. The other goal obviously scored by Palmer, so that's a good bit of stato so, there, George. And that fits into the point that uh, Hess was saying that the forwards need to do better after the Mountain League game. Score more, yeah. And also a tweet from at Bet365 who said Leighton Orient have now gone 62 league games since drawing 0 0. The longest run of any team in the English Football League. So, I couldn't quite get my head around that to start with. I had to read that about three yeah. times. So, like, what are they saying? Basically, 62 games. It's our last nil-nil, nil-nil draw. draw so, we've scored Morecambe. in everything. So, yeah. Can't argue that we don't get value for money. Whether get goals. It's our value for money, yeah. yeah. So, more good football played by uh, by us. Uh, couldn't get a second. So, at half-time, ended up with us going in at 1-0 to the yeah. good. And at George Sessions tweeted, Morecambe nil late in Orient 1, apart from a 10-minute spell by Morecambe. The O's have dominated here and lead thanks to thanks to Liam Kelly so nice yeah. little round up there George attendance was 1665 with 257 travelling away fans so well done to the 257 bit of a mish and after the week that was with obviously the whole Cox Lehman fiasco and morale being at, I'd say it probably yeah, at low bottom. ebb well done to the 257 who made the journey so second yeah. half kicked off no changes for Orion yep yeah. and on the 49th minute so four minutes into the second half Morecambe equalised through Kevin Ellison with a sensational strike. I think it's a bit of a... Yeah, he is, yeah. I don't, bit, know, bit I don't know where we took that from. That is very um, But he basically struck it from 25 yards. The O wanted a foul on Parks. I didn't get it. And Morecambe took advantage. Good. So he got a play to the whistle. Good goal by Ellison. Parks, Can't again. stand him. Can't stand the guy. Don't give him too Seed much. Seed fouls given for, obviously, their forward leaning into Parks. Parks went down, ball roll to Ellison. Good goal, though. Chizak was a lucky lot to get there. Ellison put it literally in the, in the corner that... Chizak couldn't get to. Good finish there from uh, mm. your best mate, Ellison. So 52nd minute, Barry got a great chance. He went through on goal, got into 1-1, one one, but Roche made up, I guess, for his earlier uh, failure in goal. We should but have scored Barry that, should have yeah. scored that, I yeah. think. But it only took him three minutes to, to Yeah, get three his goal. minutes later, though, he, got, he gets his goal with his first for the O's. It took a deflection, but we don't care about that. It goes in and they all count. So well done, Jordan, for getting off the mark there. Yeah, I like the celebration as well. It's quite clearly relieved. We're over to the away fans and done the old little... Leap and interestingly, all the players went and like done the big huddle around him, so good. it shows you as well. Like, good team spirit. And again, yeah. after the week that was, they probably were feeling relieved that he got his goal. Yeah, so 60th minute, we kind of started having some really good plays. Call it crossed in, uh, Kelly flicked it on, and McCallum slides in at the back post, but it was blocked really well by their defender. McCallum unlucky there not to get on the score sheet. Yeah, um, unlucky in the 67th minute not to get a penalty. 
Um, McCallum taken down and not, and it wasn't given. We've seen them given. Um, it's just yeah. not our lucky day. And then four minutes of injury time have played out, and the O's hold on for a superb 2-1 victory uh, after a very difficult week against a team who had gone four unbeaten. Yeah, and who were top of the league at, at that point. Top of the league at that so point. So, Andy Hessenthaler, after the match, said, I thought we were excellent. Everything about us defensively and going forward was perfect. We probably should have got three or four, but the goalkeeper, Barry Roach, has made some good saves. Over the 90 minutes, we were the better side and we got what we deserved. So, good round up there from Hess. It goes on to say about Dean Cox, as far as I'm concerned and what I was told, Dean was offered a deal at Northampton. He agreed that. The club gave him a free transfer and let him go because at the end of the day, he's been an absolute top servant for the club. As far as I was concerned, it was all happening and he was going to Northampton. I spoke to him on Tuesday night and he said he was going. The thing about that free transfer is... But Dean just told us that he's not. he never wanted to go. The thing about that free transfer as well is that... um, you, a player normally asks for that if, like, I don't know, a big club comes in for them or if, they, if they're desperately unhappy and want to move away. But they never asked for any of that. So they're saying, oh, he was a great servant, so we decided to give him a free transfer. But that doesn't seem to be the point of, what, of what's being said at all. It seems to be kind of ir- irrelevant. Because he's, a, because he's such a top-notch player and because he's still got time on his contract, we could have got a fee for him. Oh, absolutely. Um, but... The club waived that right and said, "Just go because thank as thanks for your service." Not buying that. Not buying that. I know what you're saying. Well, strange, we just so. heard from Dean. Yeah. Dean said he told the club he wasn't going yeah. anywhere, and Hess is saying he was told that he was that Coxie told him that he was going. So yeah. there's a conflict from what Hess is saying there. I'm not saying Dean is wrong yeah, or anything. Yeah. You know, we heard it from the horse's mouth. You can't get it. You can't get more clarity than that. So, so he also went on to say, unfortunately, it didn't materialise, and he's left the club. But I don't think we need to talk any more about it. All I can say from a personal point of view is what a top lad and I can only say thank you to him for what he's done at Leighton Orient over the years. I know the fans are disappointed he's left but it has happened and we wish him all the best. We thank him for all he's done and he's got a bright future. Yep. On Jay Simpson, Andy Hessen-Tyler says hopefully Jay will be training Thursday. He will be uh, in some sort of training. I think Carlisle will probably be a bit too soon for him but I can see him uh, involved certainly for the next home game against Yeovil. Uh, he'll be in the squad I'm sure. Yeah. So... League table that win pushed us up to up to up. Sorry, that that win pushed us up from tenth to seventh. We'll go uh, through the table obviously after yeah. the Carlisle match. So should win there, Paul. So you weren't back yet, but your views uh, yeah, on the Morecambe game. General thoughts on that. Looks like another season where we might be better away than at yeah, home. Point, yeah. um, I think Gladbauer has got off to the got off the mark really. Um, hopefully he can push on from there. And obviously that win kept us in and around the front runners of the league. I know it's only half a dozen games that we've played, but you want to be up there all the time, the whole season. Um, obviously Morecambe are top of the league on a four-game unbeaten run, so it's obviously good to walk away with all three points for me. Yeah, for me, just what was needed after all the drama of the last week. I had a feeling we'd go and win that one. I'm saying before the game, so if you're on it, mates, I thought we'd win that. A good away performance. Good to see Barry get his first league goal. And credit to Hess, to be fair, for making the right calls, going back to 4-4-2, getting the line-up right. A good morale boosting win against a team who, like you said, started very well. Notice that Nicky Hunt actually got a lot of plaudits after the game. Did he? Uh, saying he played very well, was man of the match. And there was a nice little moment when he went over to take a throw in Lily Orient fans in the second half and actually sang happy birthday to him. Oh, when he wow. went over and he kind of smiled. Um, but a great result and a great day out for those fans who went so well done. So loads of tweets. We're only going to mention a handful again because uh, obviously we don't want this podcast going for too long but again thanks to everyone who sends their views in so firstly from at Paul R. Gregory who said that the wind feels flat it's nice but how long does the circus behind the scenes go on for it's hard to be positive 
at Dub Bins 10 said, Well done, boys. Well done to Andy Hessenthal and Andy Edwards for setting up a good, solid team with attacking options. Big kudos to the fans who went. Yeah, just go through a point from that. It was interesting to see Kennedy at left back and mm-hmm. Samedo on the bench. So, obviously, Kennedy, who was brought in as a left back, playing, starting there. It seems a promotion winning left back. Yeah. Well, as well as Tom Parks, was promotion winning centre back. So, yeah, yeah. makes sense. So, Josh Baker underscore 13 said, Some fans need to learn about football. I'm upset about Dino leaving, but we still need to support the boys no matter what. Good yeah. point there. Lots of favourites for that one on Twitter. Yeah, at David Magic said, was a little worried about Hess not making a sub. Weir and Ericot played so well, we looked a completely different team. Yeah, at John Ampan H002 said, no Dino, no problem it seems. Although Bichetti needs to clear the air with the fans before the club can truly move forward. And I think that's a really good point. Good point. So we've made good progress with Bichetti, but... After what's happened in the last two weeks, it wouldn't hurt Bichette to come out again with a video statement or just a general statement, you know, explaining a bit more about, about kind of what, what's going on. We're happy to facilitate. Absolutely. Alessandro's got our number anyway, so we wait his uh, email. At Chelsea Fish, please for the boys on the field. It's not their fault what goes on around them. Professionalism in the surrounds of chaos, which is like a terrifically that. worded tweet. Well done, Chelsea I'll Fish. I'll tell you what, if we were to name our episodes, that would be a great title for this, ep- for this episode. Professionalism in the surrounds of chaos. Um, yeah. at David TH64301889 said a great win but one win some fans are back to thinking it's all okay Frank's a top bloke again very very short memories yeah good actually point. that's a good name for a podcast professionalism in the sounds of chaos <laughs> <laughs> um, at J Staff said got the team selection bang on today we look very balanced and stuck together very well second half was outstanding keep it up so yeah again thanks for all your tweets some great ones there um, I feel they were good in terms of getting a nice balanced view on, on the game after more yeah the fans feeling so Sunday 4th of September last week the women's team on fire again uh, the first team beat Hern Bay 8-0 at Milan Stadium and then the development team also play and win their first game of the season 4-0. So the ladies are now top of the London South East Regional Women's League with three wins out of three. So well done to the ladies. And I think that's at least 15 goals by my count. Smashing it. Smash conceded. Well played. Yep. Monday the 5th of September, George, Jordan Bowery spoke to George Sessions reflecting on the Morecambe victory and he simply said, coming to Morecambe in the wet conditions and obviously with them top of the league, we knew we had to fight. I think it was a well-deserved three points. Defensive from front to back, we looked comfortable apart from the goal, which was a misunderstanding, but we bounced back terrifically. Yeah, good to hear that. Absolutely well, well said. Jordan, yeah. So Tuesday, 6th of September, an Orient XI drew two all with Reading uh, in a behind-closed-eyes friendly with Freddie Moncur and Victor Adebayejo getting the goals for the O's. So well done, boys. It just goes to show we've got some good youth in this squad Amazing. who can't get near the subs bench. You know, Moncur can't, Adebayejo hasn't got near it. Like we've said, where is Charlie yeah. Granger? But now we're starting to see players like Judd get on the bench a bit more. We've got Karoma, Alzate, Dorby, uh, Pollock, Sargent. Loads of that youth now starting to come through. It's yeah. a good time. Good time for. Very um, interesting. To be a youth Very player, interesting. Right? Yep. Wednesday, the 7th of September, was Sammy Moore's 29th birthday. He's currently on loan at Dover. Dover. I nearly said Dartford. He's yeah. on loan at Dover. Happy birthday, Sammy. Happy, be- happy birthday, mate. Yep. Yep. Thursday, 8th of <laughs> September. Happy 20th birthday to the smartest dressed man at Leighton Orient, Freddie Monker. Yeah, his bow tie. Star man, yep. Liam Kelly wins the official goal of the month from the club for August for his strike against Mansfield. Yeah, so well done to Liam for that. And yep. then to complete the hat-trick of birthdays on Friday night for September, happy 27th birthday, bon anniversaire. My man. Le, le main man. I can't think what man is in uh, French. Anyway, happy 27th birthday. It's Let or La or something like that. That's how you do that, isn't it? But anyway, anyway, 
We're not here to do French lessons. No, absolutely. Nigel uh, Atangana. Happy 27th. My, my favourite Your favourite player. player. Lovely bloke as well. Liam Kelly made it a double by winning the official Player of the Month for August as well. So the club being the official yep. um, official site. Yep. So well done to Liam. Good good clean sweep for you there, fella. Yeah, absolutely. And Andy Hessenthaler spoke to George Sessions ahead of the Carlisle match. And he said, another tough, long journey on the train with the boys. I think the train is the best way to go. It cuts out the traffic and you get up there a lot quicker. We had a nice pleasant trip to Morecambe last Friday. And it will be a nice one at Carlisle. It's another tough place to go to try and get a result. But we are more than capable of doing it. I like that quote there from Hess. It was fair enough. Absolutely. Uh, also, in the late evening, Dean Cox revealed he's joined Crawley. Well, he sent a tweet saying, looking forward to Tuesday with the gaffer and tagged Dermot Drummy in it, uh, alluding to the fact that he was signing for Crawley. Although nothing official has come out yet. Yeah. Speaking to Dean, that's not come out yet. But it looks like it's pretty much a done deal. Yeah, although he's not actually signed a contract, it's yeah, yeah like you say. And also, something I haven't mentioned about that day is that Paul Levy arrived back in the UK and the oh, Orient yeah. Outlook podcast were reunited came once back. again. Yes, came so, back. Welcome back. Thanks, mate. So, Saturday, the tenth of September, Freddie Moncur joined Wingate and Finchley on loan after spending some time there on loan last season. So, very good luck to him. Did you see the score on Saturday? Yes. Did you see how many goals he scored? Two. <laughs> yeah. He scored so they, two goals, didn't so they? So they won 4-1 and he scored, I think, the third oh, and fourth goals. Not, was it not just one goal? No, he scored, he scored two. two goals. He scored okay. two goals after scoring on his debut for them last season when he went on loan. So, well done, Freddie. Uh, and hope we get eventually can march up. I think it's the Vanarama Conference South. I don't even know where they are uh, okay. in that league. But yeah. good, good luck to them. Also, the under-18s beat Yeovil in the Youth Alliance Cup. 2-0 uh, with Tristan Abrahams. Stephen Alzate scoring the goal so the under 18s this season have got 100% record as well uh, I think so I think you're right superb yeah. work uh, there from uh, Omar Risa who's taken over from, from that role yeah so well done boys so Carlisle away uh, yesterday Chisak in goal Hunt, Erico, Parks and Kennedy were your back four with Cornick, Kelly, Weir, Massey were your midfield and McCallum and Bowery were up front with substitutes of Sam Sargent Judd, Pollock, Semedo, Ocheng, Nomo and Palmer. So, starting 11 run change from the Morecambe team. One change on the bench as Henry Ocheng is included for the first time. Quite a young yeah, a young bench. So, it was supposed to be Josh Karoma, uh, apparently, but Karoma was ill. And he tweeted, so, so he I tweeted can't travel. Say, so, that was how Ocheng got into the team. But great yeah. to see another product from the youth yeah. coming up through the ranks. Yeah. So, for me, no surprises there. Uh, and I, as expected, obviously Hess alluded the previous week that Simpson wasn't wasn't going to be ready for Carlisle. And Atangana had tweeted on Saturday morning that he hadn't travelled because he was still injured. So no surprises there. But good to see a, a consistent eleven now. That eleven seems like that's going to be probably the chosen eleven, barring Simpson and Atangana. Yeah, I would say now for me. Anyway, that's how I would expect yeah. it to play out. So Carlisle started the game, the brighter of the two sides. They had two shots in the first few minutes. Uh, Kelly and Massey attempted to score um, with a quarter of a, around the quarter of an hour mark, and the latter shot was a daisy. Massey's shot was a lacked a lot of power. Yeah, just comfortably scooped up by the goalkeeper. Cool. So shame. Twenty six minutes. George Sessions tweeted, "It has been fairly even, but Carlisle getting on top now. O switch off for a corner, but survive as Mike Jones fires wide." And just a bit about George Sessions. If you don't follow him, well worth a follow. He, you know, he's a journalist for the is it East London Archon right? for the Archon. Sorry, Archon. Um, yeah. Goes for all the games. Put, you know, follows him, gets good exclusives and worth a follow. Yeah, no, he does. And he tweets some, some interesting stuff as well. We yeah. know there's a new reporter for The Guardian, just to give it a bit of balance, yeah. for, for The Guardian Orient as well. We try Shona. to... Shona. Yeah. yeah, so we try to balance stuff out yeah. as and when we can. 
Cool. Um, 28 minutes, Massey picked out Liam Kelly, 15 yards out, but his curling effort was over, and he had more time than he realised, I think. So, shame, but um, that was a missed opportunity in 28 minutes. Yeah, and he kind of have a long throw expert, and it's causing that effects all kinds of problems, and clearly the ball has been the main cause of the unnecessary pressure. Yeah, so you, they, had a couple of that, throw, yeah. they had a couple of throw-ins, and, and they, were, they got a long throw-in person. They just battered the box. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just, we just didn't deal with it and put ourselves under unnecessary pressure. 31 minutes gone. Uh, XO Nicky Adams hit the post with a shot, decent yep. shot. Saw the goals earlier. Um, he, he, I'd say he was unlucky because Chisak was beaten. Oh, but... really? I haven't seen that. Mm. Oh, okay, fair enough. And in the 44th minute, it gets him on a plate. Uh, we will one up through Paul McCallum. So where picked out Barry, who found McCallum onside with a superb pass and he took full advantage. So good finish there from Paul. What a great, great assist. Great, great assists. So you could see that Barry and McCallum are starting to get an understanding, understanding there yeah. uh, between between um, between them. And McCallum does seem quite caught cool under pressure. Yeah, he does. One thing I'll say about McCallum is he doesn't seem to lose his head, doesn't seem to get into those positions and smash it over the bar. Yeah. He seems to just look up and place his shot well. So great goal. Great time to score as well. Yeah, um, changes your half-time team talk. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, went in half-time 1-0 up. Not a particularly exciting half for Orient. A lot of Carlisle possession in the first half. We had one chance, really, and we took it. I noted that Jamie DeVitt had been mentioned quite often in the Orient commentary. Um, so, obviously, someone I think we really need to be marking out the game. Yeah, good point. So, attempts was announced at 4,565, with 236 Orient fans making the trip. So, well done to the 236. Yeah. That is a mission. My sister lives just past there, and that is a long way to go. So, well done to that. Yeah, it is massive. Orient. And well done to Daniel Sandon's daughter, who went to Madison, Madison, eight years old, 50th ground. That's amazing. Madison's a girl after my own heart. Yeah, she well really played is. Madison. Well Perfect played, Daniel. Well played. Um, no changes for Orient in the second half, but Carlisle United make two changes. Normally, we don't we don't mention um, Oppo um, substitutions, Sub- but this is mentioned for the next comment. Yep. So Mark Ellis and Jamie Devitt, who I picked out from the first half, they're replaced by Charlie White and Reggie Lamb. Yep. And then one of them, uh, Charlie White scores. Uh, literally 25 seconds after coming on so his first touch puts the ball in the back of the net a good ball in the box which it's a bit of a tough one it was poorly defended but it was a great ball into the box but dangerous ball you'd argue one Chisak maybe should have come out for it or Erica or, or Hunt it was it was Hunt that was behind so in a sandwich yeah, yeah Erica in the front Hunt in the back and their man in the middle and then I just think it was a really good ball it's one of those balls where the keeper doesn't know what to do and stays on the line and, yeah. and their player popped in so disappointing to lose the lead so early into the second half and then Chizak did deny Nicky Adams a minute later to keep the score level and seemed that we started the second half really poorly yeah 50th minute uh, Liam Kelly's booked for a foul yeah 51st minute Bowery gets subbed for Oli Palmer due to an injury so Bowery came off limping didn't he he did yep. I think his hamstring was tight uh, 64th minute it was a goal as Harry Cornick sort of floated around the edge of the box with the ball didn't really see a pass on uh, he ends up sort of coming back on himself, drove into the box, twisting and turning, and, and sort of found a little gap, pushed himself through it, and, and effectively smashed the ball into the bottom corner. Um, and from what I can sort of gather, because I was listening to it, it, it was really against the run of play. Great goal there from Cornick, great skill, composure and patience to get himself into that position. Um, and it was an excellent finish. Really good finish, really good goal. And like, I think we've mentioned it, we definitely mentioned it, Cornick's impressed me. Massively. A lot since he's come in. So we've got him until January, but yeah, he was just twisting and turning, nothing was on, and he just found himself with a bit of space, looked up, and, he, and the shot was on, and a good shot past the keeper. And again, 
good celebration. You know, I like it when players run to the fans and everyone was on him straight away. So great to see Cornick get his goal there. Yeah. 70th minute, he tried his trickery again, did uh, Cornick, uh, but his shot deflects over the crossbar. <coughs> and you made a note. So again, we don't normally mention opposition subs, but how can you not mention Jabbo coming on? It's a prodigal son. Left. Yeah. So Jabbo came on and replaced Sean Miller. Yeah, Paul McCallum is replaced by Sandro Semedo in the 78th minute and we went 4-5-1 to tighten things up and protect the lead. And in the 86th minute, we can see the penalty uh, as Liam Kelly is judged to have handled in the box, which we thought was a harsh decision. We've seen him given and one that you always appeal for, but one you are always annoyed to concede. And for me, there's not much Kelly could have done for that. Guy done, guy he goes, it in and he dives he slides to, to get his balance, his arms in the air and it hits his arm. Arm was yeah. up, but there's no way he could have got his arm out of the way. Um, but then that man stepped up, took a good penalty into the corner, just beat Chizak, who guessed the right way. It was quite lucky not to get there, actually. It was good, good he penalty. Went, yeah, good pace. Split second late, Good pace, a good positioning. Uh, and was unlucky luck to get a touch in it. And it was two all with four minutes left. Yep, five minutes of added time have played out and the match ended 2-2. So after the match, Andy Hesitala said, I'm a bit frustrated that there was a tinge of that because with five minutes to go, we are winning the game 2-1. Unfortunately, they get a penalty and it's a difficult one because Kelly is sliding and unless he slides like a pencil, it probably doesn't touch his hand. But I don't think he can do that. And again, I think he's hit the point there straight on. And it was interesting to see Liam Kelly's reaction when that was given because he got up and he was smacking the, the floor, floor of his fist. Yeah. So maybe that's because he was annoyed himself, maybe a little bit, or maybe because he didn't think it was a penalty. But, yeah. You know, so Hess also wanted to say it's a lateral thing. You do slide like that. You so do. the referee has given it, and it's unfortunate that we haven't held out for the three points in the end, but we probably would have taken a point. And four from two away trips to Carlisle and Morecambe, so that's very positive. And Agreed. can't argue with that. So no. good quote there from Hess. So the league table meant that we slipped the place, unfortunately. We, we slipped from seventh to eighth, uh, stats are that we've played seven, we've won three, drawn two, lost two. Uh, we've got a goal difference of positive three, and we've got eleven points. So we are still in and around. Yeah, I mean Plymouth, top, Plymouth are currently top on fifteen points. So we are amongst that group of clubs who are around the top of it. But looking at that, the two games we've actually lost on paper are the two easiest games that we should have probably won. Newport at home and Mountsville at home. You would have thought we're the two easiest games. We've actually done all right in all the other games apart from so those. So shouldn't be losing. Very strange one. So your views yeah. on yesterday? So listening to an Orient player, and it, it didn't really... I listened to an Orient player, it didn't really sound like we were that dominant at all. So taking a point away from home in that situation is good for me. Concerns that we aren't dominating games with the personnel that we have. We've conceded within a minute of the second half and their goal was another defensive mistake. Um, you know, whoever's responsible for that. Overall, I'd have taken four points from six away from home. Obviously, we now need to improve uh, at home if we're to, to really be serious um, promotion contenders. Uh, and I'd like to find final uh, end my my uh, sort of views really with with credit to the two hundred plus fans who went yesterday. Yeah, I think point. that's a sterling effort. Good I'd point. like to have gone, but and and I would have done if it wasn't for the fact that I just got back on holiday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my views, yeah, decent point. A difficult place to go. Uh, sounds like we scored against one of against one of play, but that's a good sign. Both goals for us were taken very well, both well finished. Penalty was unlucky not to uh, to concede that penalty, so we were unlucky not to win the game. For me, though, I would have liked to have seen Nomo. He excites me a little bit from what a little bit, so I have seen of him. So maybe he's not fit, or maybe Hess doesn't fancy him yet. But I thought he would have been a better option to bring on rather than Palmer when Barry came off. But we were in a very good position in the league, considering we've had two home defeats. And we must make it count next Saturday at home to the Oval, to the Oval and yeah, push on. We, we, ought to, we ought to be. So again, loads of views. We'll just mention a few that we got. 
Um, firstly, from at John Mack in 1977, who said, Decent point. Disappointed that we went 4-5-1 a bit early for my liking. I think we could have finished them off in the last 15 minutes. Also, don't know what Hess is saying at half-time, but that's the third or fourth time we've conceded straight after half-time. Good little point there from John Mack. Yeah, at Richard J. Bourne. Disappointing to give away a penalty and not held out for a win, but a point at Carlisle is always a good point. At Lent and Force is a decent point, but nevertheless, a shame we couldn't hold on for the win. Also... Can we give Cornick player of the year already? Yeah. <laughs> Orient Fan TV said, A point's a point at this stage of the season. Still unbeaten away from home. If we sort out the home form out, promotion, very big opti- capital letters. Very yeah. optimistic there. Nice one. At Robert Lock 14. says, I think looking at it logically, it was a good point from a team still unbeaten. Now, home advantage, now to make home advantage count and beat the overall next week. Yeah, at Spenno 0-1-1. Tough luck, but draw was a fair result. Yeah, at Empalin 2-2-2. says, Carlisle were probably the better side. Disappointing not to win, having led for so late on. And at Oh Dear Walsh, he said, Not a bad result. It's going to take a while to get the, to the swing of, of this with the off-field antics taking place. So you had the last word there. Yep, so thanks, thanks again. For all your, thanks for all your tweets, yeah. So Prediction League, loads of predict, tons of predictions over the last two and a half weeks. <coughs> loads. So again, thank you for all that we get on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. So lots and lots of correct predictions yesterday, but a special mention to the guys who predicted two and one of the correct goal scorers. So... At LRFC 1978, at John Macker 1977, at Orin underscore 17, at Jay Lillington 21, and at David Magics, who all predicted two all and one of the scorers. So all picked up the bonus point. So well done to you guys. Yep, so that means that at Robert Lock 14 is still top on nine points. At Grayno 75, at Mark Shepherd underscore 79, at MP Allen triple two, and Orient underscore 17 are on seven points in second spot. And the full prediction league table can be found on our Facebook yes. page. So we will publish the table every week, so that's easy to do that now. And now we have figured a, out how to do it. Yeah, and we have a Fantasy Football League. We do, so Fantasy Football League is on fantasypremier.com. You can still join uh, if you're doing it. So uh, if you want to join, DM us and we'll give you the code. So we have 50 players, or last week it was 50 players, it might be a few more now. Um, so out of the 50 players, the leader at the top is George Stone on 242 points, and he leads uh, by just four points. So lots to play for. Well, that could change this time tomorrow because Sunday they play 11. Also, I've moved up from 40th to 60th. <laughs> Come on. You've had a terrific game week, 66 I did. points. I did. That's an amazing more. game week. So, Lots to play for in both the Prediction League and Fantasy Premier. All to play for. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Absolutely. Is the, uh, <laughs> is the saying there. So, Absolutely. positives and negatives from the last two and a half weeks. Positives are Cornick got his first goals for the club, <laughs> obviously including the Stevenage Cup goal. We've got four points from two away matches and a reasonably settled first team lineup. Yeah. actually. I think it almost writes itself now. I would tend to agree with that. So, good positives there. So, negatives. Uh, took the lead twice yesterday against Carlisle, but not being able to hold the lead. So, negative there. Yeah. A massive negative, like I've already mentioned, spent a lot of time on was handling of the whole Dean Cox situation. It's very disappointing the way that's happened. And from having a very strong squad at the start of the season, it now seems like that bench is very youthful and inexperienced, which is good in one way, but not in so much another way. So yeah. those are our uh, negatives and positives. Yeah, so Hero since our last podcast, usually it's Hero of the Week, but Hero since our last podcast, I think we were pretty... I think we were, but li- really, I think it should be a joint one. I think so. Who, who should be the second one? I think it should be Cornick because he scored against Stevenage in the Football League trophy yeah. and he's done well and he scored a great goal yesterday and got loads of plaudits. So we'll do him as a runner up. So we'll say, All right, we can do a joint, we can do a joint hero of the, of the podcast right. for the so, last 10 days. So right. first one, 
First one that we both agreed on, and I yep. think you're probably right, was Liam Kelly. Yep, so why well Liam well Kelly? Yep. And the second in, we'll give it to uh, Harry Pornick as a joint thing. So this week's fixtures, so just the one fixture for us this week, as we had it to Yeovil on Saturday, uh, 17th September. So Yeovil having a bit of a shocking time of it, actually. They're currently 23rd in League 2. They lost 2-1 at home to Hartlepool yesterday. So we welcome them. We also welcome back ex lowly Ryan Hedges. Yeah. Remember him? He was great in the really great for season us. we played. So for me, nothing less than a win will do on Saturday. I agree. If we're going to be serious this year about promotion, we've got to beat teams who come to us near the bottom of the table. It'll be interesting to see how Francesco Bichetti goes down on Saturday. Because yeah. he'll be there. He, will he? Well, I would have thought so. Be interested to see what kind of reception uh, he gets. And before we finish it, well done to the ladies team who won again today. 8-0 beating Kashalton. Four goals from Sophie Lemarchand. Uh, two for Jazz, or Yaz. Uh, one for Bella Rupole and one for Hayley B. So well done to the ladies. 8-0 again. Get that Sophie Lemarchand in the first team. Yeah, sign her up. Her attention um, up front. Do a great job. Just before we do go, we haven't written in, is the greater game. Yep. And they are, it, we've mentioned it in previous episodes and previous podcasts, it's basically a play based on um, the SOM uh, events of, of Leighton Orient signing up en masse, based on three really prominent characters. It's being played out at the Southwark Playhouse uh, from the 15th of September to the 15th of October. October. Yep. So they've got um, a Twitter account, so you can follow at the greater game where all the details are yeah. on there, or you can book on the Southern uh, Southwark Playhouse House website. website so more information on the Twitter account and at the Southwark Playhouse we are going to be going yes we are going to see it and we can um, give our views on it uh, once we've seen it very much looking forward to that yeah really looking forward to it great. and hopefully we'll catch a word with one or two of the guys involved with it which yeah. would be really lovely so good point so mate that's it so that one it. hour 20 minutes which isn't bad which isn't bad yeah. at all so that's it like I said so thanks for joining us for episode 77 well, absolutely crazy two and a half weeks it's been uh, for the Orient. Home defeats, injured players signing, players released as we wave goodbye to Scott Kashkit and Sean Glehesse. Transfer deadline day drama with Dean Cox, followed by relief about Dean Cox, and then followed by utter madness the day after about Dean Cox, followed by two good away performances, which leaves us in a pretty decent position in League Two. So we'll be back with episode 78 next, next week. Next week, wow. yeah. So that's all you're going to need for this week. I think is an hour and 20 is more than enough for everybody. So we will sign off there. So keep in touch with us at Orient Outlook on Twitter. If you're not on social media, we are Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. You can email us as people do from time to time. Yep. You're welcome to. Um, thank you very much to everybody who's tweeted us. We're sorry that we've not read out everything, but an hour and 20 is with what we've got. We'd have been here for three hours or more with all the tweets that we've got. So thank you to everybody. We're going to end this on a positive song Absolutely. Uh, for this week. Well done to you for keeping our plan up to date. You've done a sterling job there. Well, well I'm glad done. you say that because that's the last holiday you're ever going on. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to sign your uh, pre-holiday contract now with your missus upstairs. So Wicked. We'll sort it out. But thanks for listening. And like Paul said, we'll be back next week. So have a great week. And if we see any of you on Saturday, come and say hello, because it's always nice to meet new Yeah, it's fans. lovely. And um, up yeah. the O's. Up the O's. Up the O's.